Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you, and there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. All right, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11, the gospel of Luke chapter 11. If you don't have a traditional Bible, but you'd like to use one and you're comfortable, just raise your hand and one of my friends will bring you one. You can either borrow that or you can keep it. It's our gift to you. You can also take your smart device and you can open up the Bible app or it's also called the Version app and all the notes and scriptures, those have already been uploaded. If you're watching us online at one of our other sites or at one of our services at the Brown County Correctional Facility, I love you and I'm so glad that you guys are a part of our family. When I thought about what I wanted to talk about, coming off of this like incredibly long series on the book of Ephesians, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wanted to do a series of messages on prayer because for every Jesus person, prayer obviously is essential. It's, it's necessary, but unfortunately for so many of us, it's also confusing. It's, it's elusive. It's certainly unnatural. It's difficult. Sometimes it feels like the pursuit of prayer creates guilt or insecurity, animosity or angst. It feels like we can never pray enough. It certainly feels like we can never pray good enough. I don't know if maybe I'm the only person that feels like that. I feel like my prayers are, are so small or I pray like my prayers are so insignificant. And so last week I talked about relationship prayer versus rescue prayer. Today, I wanna talk about need in a message that we're calling the need you need. Let's pray. God, we love you, we thank you. We need you, God. We desperately need you to come into our hearts and our minds, our lives, our homes, our relationships, our marriages, our kids, our schools, our politics, our healthcare. We need you to come in and heal us, to help us, to fix us, to put us back on track, God. And so today I pray for my friends who are here on this side of the screen and those who are on the other side of the screen, that you would bless them, that you would encourage them, that you would breathe that creative creation breath into them, that our hearts and our minds would be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you were here a few years ago when we did the series that we called Peace, I spent Six weeks talking about finances, just talking about money, which people love when you talk about money in church. It's a lot of people's least favorite thing. When uh, you get to the money, in fact, at the end, a lot of people have already, if you, if you had a hearing aid, have you ever, uh, I, I'm getting old. Let's just start, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. I'm getting old. I'm starting to lose hair where I want it and get it where I don't. You feel me? Like I'm starting to lose it on my head and get it in my ears and my nose. Sometimes when I sneeze, it's like your 16th birthday just happened all over again. It's just, it's sad. And my eyes are starting to go. I'm starting to uh, look at things in a distance and feel like uh, I've got something in my eye and what I've got in my eye is just old. And so I, I don't hear as good as I, as I used to hear. And part of that is because 
uh, I'm a headphone guy. I don't know if any of you have headphones. I put a, the in-ear headphones, man, I want to play that trash as loud. The other day, I was, uh, I was walking down the hall at the crib, and I, I could hear this music play. I was like, man, who's got the stereo on? Here's what I discovered. I had taken my headphones off, laid them down on the desk to go use the restroom. When I came back, I thought a stereo was on. That's how loud <laughs> my headphones were. And so my hearing... Is, is starting to go. And, uh, and so the, uh, my wife said to me uh, the other day, she said, how come you always act like you can't never hear me? <laughs> this is exactly what I did. It is, I acted like I couldn't, I couldn't hear. I said, I can't wait till the day that I get hearing aids so I can take them out or I can act <laughs> like they're not on. You know, it's, just, it's just, well, when people hear you talk about money, they're like, they want to turn the thing down. But in the, the, the series piece, we talked about money from such a different angle. We talked about money in a way that it would help you with your finances, in a way that would help you get out of debt, in a way that would help you uh, get ahead with your resources and, and with your investments. And in one of those messages, I talked about the difference between want and need. That's a huge financial principle that we need to figure out really early on, the difference between things that we want and the things that we need. Stores have figured out the things that we want, and they put those at the cash register. They put those, those little trinkets there that you didn't know that you, you didn't know you needed uh, Cheeto hot peanuts before you got <laughs> to the cash register, and then they make you wait long enough that you're like, dang, man, I need some Cheeto hot peanuts. Did you know that Takis you know, you know what Takis are, right? If you got a teenager, you know what some Takis are. Did you know Takis makes beef jerky? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is just like, when we get to heaven, that's going to be on the, the charcuterie board of heaven when we get there. And uh, so sometimes you stand up at the cash register and you didn't even know that you needed that thing. What, what retailers have figured out is that we live our lives on this idea of thinking things that we want are things that we need. And so in that series, I talked about the difference between want and need, and I hope that that distinction has changed some of your language in your homes and in your hearts. And in that series, I was obviously talking about money. I was obviously talking about stuff. But today, I want to talk about that same concept in the context of prayer. Because sometimes we pray want prayers, while other times we pray need prayers. I I want a new car or I want a new job versus I need a healing or I need peace. Many times, need prayers are desperate prayers. They're the prayers that we talked about last week that drive us to the cross. But interestingly, some people feel like need prayers, those desperate prayers, suggest that there's, uh, there's either something wrong with us or our situation or, or that we've done something wrong. In fact, there's a, there's a whole movement inside of the church world that teaches that false doctrine. And it's not only confusing, but it's not biblical. Yeah. In fact, this group of people, they'd say that if you have a need, it's because you're living a life of lack. They would suggest that people who are aligned with God will have all the health and wealth that they could ever ask for. And it's a movement that's been built by people who've twisted a scripture, distorted it, taken it out of context. It's a scripture found in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. And, and Philippians is this really, really rich book. So rich, in fact, that I did a 12-week series of messages on it, which says something because it's only four chapters. But Philippians is a treasure trove. I mean, just chapter four 
is full of scriptures that people who've been in the church world for very long can readily quote. It's like the iTunes essentials of scriptures. It's, it says things like rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. It says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus, it says, it says the one scripture that almost every athlete who's a Christian who gets a tattoo gets it, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things <laughs> through Christ who gives me strength. And of course, the one that I want to touch on today, uh, chapter 4, verse 19, that says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And here's the question that I'd like to pose to you today. What if that scripture is actually more about the need than it is about the provision? If that were the case, wouldn't it suggest then that being in need doesn't place you outside of God's will? Wouldn't it actually suggest the opposite? And, And so today, I would like to propose to you that there is a need that you need. Need. Sometimes God allows need. Need frustrates us. Nobody likes to have need, to be in need, admit that they need. Have you ever needed something and you knew that you couldn't supply it? You knew that you couldn't provide it? You knew that you couldn't repair it? You, and you needed somebody else, but you were too, maybe it's just the men in here. You, you needed directions. Thank God for phones, right? God, <laughs> hallelujah. It just eliminated every bit of embarrassment for every man in the history of time. Has, have you ever been around a man who's clearly lost, but act like they've been there a million times? You're like, when have you ever been on the south side of Chicago? You're like, oh, I've been here a million times. You just, you just, sometimes you have a need and you don't want to admit that you have a need because, because for you to have a need in your life would make you feel like there is a deficiency yeah. in your life. But sometimes God gives us need in our life because when you have need in your life, you in turn need God yes. in your life. I, I remember when my kids needed me for everything. Now it seems like they need me for nothing. It's sad. It makes me feel... Uh, Unnecessary. It makes me feel like uh, I'm a checkbook on legs. Like, like if they didn't need free rent, I feel like my kids would evict me 50% of the time. They'd be like, bro, you got to get out. There ain't no food in this house. What are you even here for? You ever have your kids talk about, and it's just, maybe just my kids, but anybody else's kids? You could go to the grocery store, buy $500. You can go to Costco, buy the whole store. Your kids will come in and talk about, why is there nothing to eat in this house? If your kids ever acted like you are in the way, like it's just, my kids used to need me for everything. Now it feels like they don't need me for anything. Isn't there something in you that loves to be needed? We love the thought that my spouse needs me, my kids need me, my boss needs me. We, We innately love to be needed. In our marriage, Pastor Sunday and I, we were going through a, through a difficult time, and so we went, we went to another pastor for, for marriage coaching. You call it coaching because we didn't want to act like we needed counseling. And so we, we went to marriage coaching 
with another pastor. And in the first conversation, he, he was so, uh, so matter of fact, so frank. He looked at me and he said, Sean, she just needs to know you need her. To which I replied, but I don't need her. And then it was like I punched her in her stomach, like the air was sucked from her lungs. But my point was, I would not die without her. I survived for 22 years before I ever put a ring on it. I mean, I, mean, I, I can boil water, I can grill some grilled cheese. My point was that I so ineffectively was trying to make was that I didn't need her. I wanted her. And in my mind, that was much better, but I was missing the entire point because I do need her. She's the sugar and my Kool-Aid, the cheese and my grits, the PB to my J. Without her, I'm incomplete. Without her, I'm not me. Conversely, you may think you don't need God. You have a job, you got a car, you got a little money in the bank, but you're missing the point. Without him, you're incomplete. Without him, you're not who you were meant to be. So sometimes he allows need into your life. He doesn't create the need, but sometimes he allows need to come into our lives. Don't believe me? Look at the book of Job. The book of Job is filled with allowed needs. And Pastor Becky, who runs our Journey to Wholeness program, she did an amazing study on it. You can get it at, at the information desk. The, the book of Job, incidentally, is the oldest book in the Bible. Uh, which tells us that from the very beginning of this book, God was establishing and communicating the concept of allowing need into our life. It says, in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. God was saying, this is a God dude. This is a good dude. But then in Verse 6 through 8, it says, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth among it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Let's just pause there for a minute with a dangling participle. Have you ever thought about the idea that God offered Job up? Have you ever felt like God offered you up? You ever felt like God put you on the altar of sacrifice to prove a point, to prove that you were small, to prove that you needed him? But here's what he was doing. Of all of the people on earth, God trusted Job the most. And sometimes when you have a need that is presented in your life, it is because God is trusting you. God is trusting you to be tested so that someone else will see that you passed the test. And so because you passed the test, when it comes time for them to take the test, they'll believe that they can pass the test too, because innately, we always think we're better than somebody else. And so they figure, if you could make it with your little sorry self, then they... So God is trusting you sometimes. So he's like, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth. Come on, man, if this could be the verse of your life. There's no one on earth like him. Yes. Come on, somebody. He is blameless and he is upright. He is a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now listen, nothing had happened 
between verse one and verse six, other than Job being faithful, other than Job serving God. But after verse eight, the whole book sucks. All (laughs) hell breaks loose in Job's life. And it's like, Job's like, bro, for real? Like the only thing I did was be faithful? The only, like you just said, I'm blameless and upright, and we're going to have this whole, like the text message that obviously somebody must have, you ever feel like you text somebody, and they must have pre-texted you, because it comes back like seven paragraphs, all you said was hi, and it's like, wow, it's like the whole, that's like the book of Job. Job is like, all I did was be blameless, and all I did was be upright, and you wrote this this whole book where I was getting the fire beat out of me, my kids died, I lost all my stuff, I sat around in ashes, the only friends that I had were talking smack, my wife told me that I should curse you and die. And even though he was blameless and upright, he loses everything. He was put to the ultimate test, a test that he passed. But I want you to understand that nothing will ever be trusted until it's tested. So for Job, God didn't only supply the supply, he also supplied the need. He didn't create the need, but he did allow it because sometimes God allows need. Still don't believe me? Look at Exodus chapter 16. The children of Israel, they're complaining, (laughs) as always. You ever feel like... Again, that's your kids. You ever feel like your kid's native tongue is Like, bro, you're 20. You're in junior college. Like, first of all, move out of my house. Second, buy your own groceries. Do your own laundry. You tell them I'm about to be an empty nester. Some of you are like, man, this guy needs a hug today. At this Exodus 6, the children of Israel are complaining again. And here's what they said. They said, we remember when we sat around pots and we ate meat. I mean, never mind the fact that they were slaves, but they, they had meat. You ever feel like, like life was terrible and yet you look back on like one little insignificant thing and you grab a hold of that thing just so the enemy can make you feel like what you're going through now isn't good enough? And so in verse 11, God responds. He says, and the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, I've heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them. Tell them at twilight you'll eat meat and in the morning you'll be filled with bread and you will know that I am the Lord your God. Jump to verse 35. And the children of Israel ate manna 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. God supplied the supply but he only supplied the amount that they needed for that day on that day because he always wanted them to need him. He always wanted them to remember who was the provider of their need and the provider for their need. He didn't only supply the supply, he also supplied the need. This story in Exodus, it brings us back to Luke chapter 11, the theme verse for this series. It says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us, watch this, each day hmm, our daily bread. Give us each day. Jesus wasn't just referring to provision. He was also referring to need. 
He knew what you and I know, that there's going to be need. You will have need. I'll have need. Everyone is gonna have need. But don't feel like you're in lack just because you're in need. Why? Because my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's the God of the supply and he's the God of the need. The more you have need, the more you'll have supply. The bigger the need, the bigger the supply. But he'll often only supply the supply for the need you need. When you were single, you didn't need the same things you need now that you're married. When you didn't have kids, you didn't need the same things you need now that you do. When you lived in an apartment, you didn't need homeowner's insurance. When you only had your bicycle, you didn't need car insurance. Uh, there, there used to be a time when you thought your needs would have been a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. But now, you act like they're a bother. <laughs> like, oh, my car insurance rates are so high. And I think God's like, cool, you can just go back to having only a bicycle again. And you're like, what? No, I'll pay the, the thing. So what, what Jesus understood was my God shall supply all your needs before you even knew you needed them supplied. So you may need healing today. You need to know it's coming. You, you may need peace today. You need to know that it's coming. You need provision. It's coming. But before the healing gets here, before the peace gets here, before the provision gets here, thank him for your daily bread. Thank you that he's gonna supply what you need for that day to get you through that day. He'll provide people when you need people. He'll provide peace when you need peace. He'll provide power when you need power. But he's not gonna provide power when what you need is peace. And he does that so that you'll look at people differently. So you'll look at peace differently. So you'll look at power differently because you'll know the same God who supplied the need. Not caused the need, but supplied the need. Also supplied the supply. The same God who didn't leave me then isn't going to leave me now. And so, Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven. It starts with relationship. God, you are my Fred, you are the friend that sticks closer than any brother. Hallowed be your name. I lift you up. I, I worship you. When's the last time that you just lifted him up, that you hallowed his name? You say, your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, whatever you want, God. When's the last time that you stopped fretting over what it was that you wanted, over what it was that you thought you, you know, most of the time the things you think you need, you just don't actually need them. Not my will, but instead God, your will. Give us this day our daily bread, because I know before I was given the need, I was already given the supply. How? According to his riches in glory. So today I wonder, maybe, maybe you walked in here and, and you had a need. There, there was a need in your marriage. Have you ever thought that the need that you have in your marriage is, is being weaponized by God right now? That, that the fights and the animosity and, 
and the anger that you feel towards one another. Have you ever felt like maybe God could take those things and he could put them in the palm of his hand and, and, and he could wrap those things up and he could, he could reform them into something that can be used as a power source for you? Have you ever looked at those things in your life, the anger that you have in your life, the, the anxiety that you have in your life? Have you ever just paused and back up and looked at that thing as a reminder of perhaps a deficiency that you have in your life? Have you ever had a, a, a problem in a relationship or in your finances or just in your life in general? And, and your natural tendency was to, to point to someone else. Have you ever thought that maybe you noticed that thing in your relationship or in your finances or in your life in general because that was God reminding you that perhaps, just maybe, that was something that you needed to fix in your life? Here's what I've discovered about marriage. I just celebrated 26 years of marriage. Here's what I've discovered. I don't, thank you. <laughs> uh, I've never had a marriage problem, ever, not once. I've never had a marital issue. I've just had a whole lot of me issues. I've, 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 uh, I've had a lot of me issues and, and my wife has had a lot of her issues. And, and when I take my, my me issues and she takes her she issues and we bring them together in a corporate house and we begin to, and we begin to d deny the me issues and the she issues, suddenly the me issues become she issues and the she issues become me issues. And so suddenly she becomes the enemy and me becomes the enemy. And we do that in all of our relationships because we look at, we look at tension as if it's a negative. I know you can't tell this right now, but I used to work out. And one thing that people who work out, oh man, Pastor Barry and I started watching this show called Reacher. Has anybody seen Reacher on Amazon? Oh my God, if I looked like that guy, you guys would be in for it. I would never, I would preach with no shirt on every week. It'd be ridiculous. I'd be up here in shorty shorts and I'd be like, nobody would know nothing about the Bible, but they'd go, does he have hip cradles? This is ridiculous. That guy understands something that the normal guy doesn't understand. Tension's a good thing. Whether you're pushing tension or pulling tension, like it's a good thing, it's building something, something in you. And for some of you, you've been looking at that tension like it's a negative when God's going, bro, like if you would just embrace the tension, it would be the greatest blessing of your life. And so maybe you came in here today and you, you're like, Sean, I, I have a need, I, I have a financial need. Or, or uh, you know, sometimes when you have a financial need, it's because God is God is allowing that need to come into your life so that it will remind you that it's not all about you. Yeah. That maybe if you became a person who was benevolent, then, then God could bless you 30, 60, 100 fold, like the scripture says. Or if you came in here and you, you have a marriage issue, that, that a need in your marriage or a need in your mental health, whatever that thing may be, just maybe that need you have is a need you need. Would you close your eyes all across this place? Salvation, it is the ultimate need. The Bible talks about the fact that we need to be saved, that if you wanna spend eternity with God, if you wanna to go to heaven, if you would, then, then that is the ultimate spiritual need. 
Maybe you came in here today and you began to feel that need. It's in a different way than, than you have felt it before. There was something that happened when, when the team sang or there was something that happened when you were walking through the lobby and getting your cup of coffee. There was something that happened while Pastor Ruben was up here talking about bamboo and the explosive growth that happens. Something shifted in you. It, uh, it fluttered your heart. You, you felt like there was an openness that you had never felt before. That, that's the Holy Spirit coming to you and telling you now is the time. And so the Bible talks about this spiritual need, this need to connect in relationship with God. And so the ultimate goal of all of our services here are that, that people would connect with God and enter into a saving relationship with Him. Maybe you're here today and you need that. You say, Sean, I, I'm not connected to God. I don't have a relationship with Him. I've not surrendered my life to Him. If I died today, I don't know if I would go to heaven or if I would go to hell. So if you're here today and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like one, we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that. And here's how. In just a moment, I'm gonna ask for people to do two things. First, in just a moment, with nobody looking around, I'm gonna ask for people to raise their hand and make eye contact with me. That's just your way of publicly, publicly acknowledging that you need a relationship with Jesus. And after that, I'm gonna ask for everybody in here to repeat a prayer after me. And if you repeat this prayer and you mean it in your heart, the Bible says that you will be saved. So if you're here and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like one before I leave. If nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me right now? Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I'm going to ask everybody in here to say these words after me. Say, Jesus, I've got sin in my life, but I don't want it anymore. Please change me. Come into my life. Make me different. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, we want the opportunity to connect with you. So if you'll take the card that's in the seat back in front of you, it says hello across the top. You can tear off the bottom part, fill in whatever you're okay with us knowing. Check the box that's highlighted in yellow that says I'm choosing to follow Jesus. You can either put it in the black buckets when they come around here at the end, or you can take it out to the Welcome Center. Either way, we want the chance to connect with you, to get to know you. Or you could scan the QR code on the seat back in front of you or the gigantic one that's up on the screen. It just gives us a chance to get to know. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes one more time before we receive the Lord's tithes in your offering. I wonder if you're here and you would say, Sean, uh, I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl, but, uh, but I'm in need. I don't, I don't know what that need is, and quite frankly, uh, it, it's, it doesn't matter to me how big or small. If you say, Sean, I am in need and I want prayer. Would you just put your hand up real quick right now so I can pray for you? Yeah, so many people. God, for so many friends in this place who are in need, I pray blessings over them, God, that you would supply all their need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.